Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. John first spoke with me, his goal, his vision, just to share some of his heart, because you guys weren't in there behind closed doors when he talked to me about becoming the worship pastor. And one of the things that was on his heart was for just, you know, he's he's got a, I would just say like a worldwide vision, if you know him. His vision is beyond just right here. But yet he's focused right here because he knows what happens here, it's going to be like... Um, a ripple effect into the world, okay? So his vision, of course, is he wants the team to grow spiritually. And then as we grow spiritually, that to affect you guys that we're leading in worship, and then you guys to affect the community, and the community to affect the nation, the nation to affect the world. You get what I'm saying. You get where I'm going with that. Well, the one thing that God has always had on my heart is unity, and we're going to touch on that today because it says in Psalm 133, it says that that's where the blessing is. That's where God commands the blessing is when we're in unity. And we can see that God is blessing. So what does that mean? There must be some unity already, right? But this is one of the things that was on my heart that when I talked to Pastor John. I said, I think, you know, on the team we do some things great. And obviously in the church we do some things great. But let's look in the mirror for a minute. Let's look. Look in the mirror, your own mirror. We don't do everything great. There's areas we can improve. So I just want to take a look at this first scripture. And this is the one that I always like to share. Because Paul was writing to people who were doing things great. But this is what he said. Indeed, you already are extending and displaying your love to all the brethren throughout Macedonia. But we beseech and earnestly exhort you, brethren, that you excel in this matter more and more. So that word excel means to actually superabound. It means in excess. So God's wanting an overflow. Paul is telling them, you're doing good. You're, you're loving. You're, you're doing, he's like, I want you to superabound. I want you to do more than you're doing right now. And another thing that's in this, this is 1 Thessalonians. Another thing that he's talking about in Thessalonians that I love is he's like, I pray that your love for one another would increase more and more toward all men and for each other. So think about that. We can't just grow in more love for each other and get the good vibes and the fuzzy fuzzies, right? We've got to increase our love for the community and the lost. There are people who are lost and who are broken and who are hurting. And I'm telling you, I was one of those, you know, I don't know, you call me what you want, suicidal maniac. I don't know what I was when Jesus got a hold of me, but I know one thing, two words will sum it up, hot mess. I was a hot mess, and, and I'm not kidding. And I won't share you my, my testimony right now because we want to keep it short. But this subject of unity, we could make this really long, but we're not going to. And the reason I'm saying that is it's so vast. It's woven through scriptures because... The one reason that Jesus came to earth was to bring all things under his lordship into unity. That's what we read about. We always think, oh, it's all about me. It's all about me. Well, we're a part of that. We're part of his body. So we're going to be gathered to him one day, and he's reigning. It's going to be him alone, and all things are going to be unified, right? 
Under him, it's all about unity. So it's woven through scripture. But so how can we improve in that in these areas? Well, this is what we're going to look at. We're going to just kind of flip through these slides here. And let me switch over here on my uh, thing just to kind of keep track where I'm at. So the first thing we're going to be looking at right here is one mind. We're to have one mind. And, you know, before I go any deeper, I'm just going to stop for just another moment of prayer. Lord, I just thank you that we are all one. We are all one. Hallelujah. We don't even have a revelation of what that means. Lord, we can have, we can, you know, you can see pallbearers and, and there's six people moving as one to move that body down the line. But there's a lot more of us than six and we are your body and we've got to carry your word down the line, Lord. I just pray in the name of Jesus we have a great revelation of unity today because, Lord, we are topos. We are made of earth. We are made of dirt. And if we will just bind together, you'll have even a greater geographical location to work in, God, as individuals, God. We just put this in your hands. Let your word come forth as you desire it to come forth and change our lives forever because of your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're to have one mind as believers. We're to have one mind. Let's take a look here um, in 1 Corinthians 1.10. Um, God had had the word clicks on my heart probably eight or nine years ago. He put the word clicks, not, not click like, you know, clicking something together, but clicks like C-L-I-Q-U-E-S. And I couldn't get away from that. And I'm like, clicks. And I just felt like he was like looking up in the Bible. And I'm like, the word clicks can't be in the Bible, you know. But sure enough, in the Amplified Bible, the word clicks is in there. And one of the versions, you know how they update each, you know, the Amplified, they'll do a hundred of them or, or the NIV, they keep, keep doing the translation. But one of them, it actually said clicks in there in this verse. But let's take a look at it. It says, I urge you and entreat you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you, that's all of us, be in perfect harmony and full agreement in what you say. Check that out. And what you say. And that there be no dissensions or factions or divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in your common understanding. Ooh, and check this out. And in your opinions and judgments. Okay, body, are we there yet? I mean, we're all laughing because we know we're not. Wow, isn't it amazing? This is what God expects of us. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, Cheryl's got to die a little more. Ouch. We don't like to think about that, but I'm just going to, just because it says the word opinion, I'm just going to go on this for a second. Uh, I love when Pastor John, he's bold, he'll get up here and he'll be like, hey, you guys, you got to stop blowing your mind on Facebook and sharing all these crazy things and, you know, tooting out your opinions and all that. I love that he's bold enough to say that because when I see those things, it breaks my heart. Christians striving with each other. And not just that, you could be a Christian and you're like, well, I'm not saying it to the Christians, I'm saying it to the, all those lost people. I'm like, oh, well, that's a great witness, you know. It's just like, man, but the thing that really breaks my heart is that people still do it. And I just want to say, before this election starts coming, we already see stuff happening already. Do not get your flesh in an uproar. I mean, come on, we're better than that. We're to have the mind of Christ. We're to have one mind, one opinion. It says right there, we're to be in full agreement with what we say. Wow. Okay, let's just swallow that. 
Oh, you need a drink to wash it down? It's tough stuff. Okay, well, that's got to happen. That's got to happen. So I encourage you to write these scriptures down, meditate on them, and then we're just seeing down there, it says, be of one mind, united in thought. Does anybody know why that would be important? Just take a guess. Anybody? Hmm? Unity. We're representing one. Who's the one interceding for us? Who does it say? The man, Christ Jesus. Right? We're representing one. He's got one mind. He's got one purpose. He's got one body. And listen, it says that the body, we're made of individual members. But, and we know that. And each member has a different function. We know that. God gives different gifts. No one is, no one's erasing that from the Bible. <laughs> we're just putting some glue to hold all that together. And that's this unity message. So let's just kind of keep moving on through here. Okay, so we've got one master, and that's who? Jesus, amen. So that master you see at the bottom, it just means guide, teacher, master. It says, be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. So you guys are my brothers and my sisters. Um, and I just want to talk about brethren for a second. It talks about, um, in Proverbs, I think it's chapter 6, it mentions a couple times about people that sow discord among brethren. Just so you know, that's on God's hate list. There's actually a hate list in Proverbs you can read about. These things, does God hate? And it, one of them is, is he that sows discord among his brethren. So imagine that you're actually sowing seeds of disunity and discord and disagreement. Did you know that when you're sending, when you're pushing send on Facebook and it's causing disagreement and it's fleshly whatever? You know, Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. What on earth are we thinking when we're doing that? That is discord. And I'm telling you right now, you could have a genuine passion and genuine heart for people. And you're like, but I want them to know the truth. Somebody's got to know the truth about what's going on in politics. Well, first of all, if it's not your job, do not have such a large opinion. Really, if it's not your job, but take up your responsibility to pray, to vote. We're all called to pray for our leaders, those that are in authority. Why? So we can live a peaceable life. In all godliness and honesty. Instead of us living a peaceable life, we're sowing discord. We're getting strife. We're getting, and one of those uh, things that that means in Hebrew is actually contest. It's like a contest. And it's like God is not interested in that. Okay, so that's just, uh, I'm just, just throwing out some of this stuff. Because I want us to pay heed more to what Pastor John, when he says that, I'm telling you, he's got to give an account for your soul one day. And it says we don't want him to have to do it with grief. And Pastor Jeff will have to, too. And I will, too. People that I'm over. So just keep that in mind. Okay, and also another way that we can sow disunity is, I'm just going to say it, is by things like flattery. And this is something I talk to my, my team members about. Like the, the, the uh, Caitlin is the praise team leader, and JP is the media team leader. I'm sure you guys all know that by now. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they, they lead up these teams, 
and uh, we've talked before about this, about, you know, we have to be careful when people come up and they flatter because sometimes there's that motive. We know that flattery is evil. We can read that in the Bible. There's no reason to flatter someone. But flattery can also be, it's like a gossip. It, it brings division. It puts up walls. And you might be flattering? Isn't that just like over-complimenting someone? Well, it kind of depends what you're saying. So imagine if you said to, you know, I don't, I don't know you, but I think her hair is beautiful, the one with the curly hair. I forget your first name. Tanya. Does Tanya not have beautiful curly hair? Well, it is. I mean, it's beautiful. But imagine if just every time you saw her, your hair is so pretty. You know, you got to touch it. You got to whatever. And you're just constantly flattering for some weird motive to be her friend or whatever. Okay, that's one form of flattery. But imagine if you use this form of flattery and you said, you know, Tanya, I love your hair. It's beautiful. It is so much prettier than those other people you're in life group with. Now you've divided. You have put a wall somewhere. And the reason I was sharing that I've talked to Caitlin and other things about this, I said, as we go through transitions, I'm telling you, I will not listen if somebody comes up and says, I, 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 and I'm not saying people are doing this, do not misunderstand me. But if someone were to come up and say, I'm so glad you're in there, Cheryl, now, and the leadership stuff, and I'm, I'm, man, things are really going good now. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm glad you stepped up. Well, aren't they kind of saying something about maybe the way it was going before and the people that did it? Could be. Or someone says to her, you know, like we've got wonderful singers. We've got Shayna. We've got Brexton. We're so blessed with beautiful voices here. And there's a lot of people that sing that we don't even hear sometimes. Barry Driver, Caitlin sings, and Casey. Uh, JP, we never hear him sing. A beautiful voice. But imagine if someone came up and said, I like when you're the one that sings that song. You sing that song so much better. You don't even mention anyone's name. But you're dividing we're not supposed to be like flattering. Okay, and then other times there's out and out gossip. I hate to touch on this, but I'm telling you, it is an ugly, nasty sore in the body of Christ. And men, oh my gosh, I've heard men gossip. <laughs> Emphasis added. <laughs> I'm telling you, because I used to think, oh, just women that have nothing to do. You know, busybodies, you know. But I've worked in a few locations. I will spare you the details. Some locally, some out of state. I could not believe. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you. I was shocked to my foundation. How else do you say that? At how men can gossip just as bad as women. And uh, maybe when women do it, it's because it's more, did you hear? Well, a guy will just come out and tell you how he thinks. And what do you think? It, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just as bad. It's, it's just as bad. So be really careful because we all are fragile. We all, you know, we all have to be handled with care. And, uh, yeah, we're supposed to get, uh, you know, thick skin. You know, like it says in, uh, I'm trying to think, Psalm, Psalm 119, you know, it says, Great peace have they that love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. That is our goal to be like that, to be steadfast, to be immovable. Right? That's our goal, to just be not shaken, you know. Like it says in the psalm, you know, those that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They'll never be shaken. But I'm telling you, as we're growing in this and hoping to get to that point where nothing rattles us and stuff, we got to treat each other tenderly and quit excluding people by gossip. I'm telling you, 
Some people will never like me. It does not matter. They just meet me and the tone of my voice just turns them off. Or the way I fix my hair or the way I walk or maybe I don't stand up straight enough. Everybody's going to have some opinion because when we see people or we meet them the first time, we size them up. We kind of can't help it sometimes. We just size them up. But we're not supposed to look with our own eyes. We're supposed to have one mind. And the eyes that I have are supposed to be the eyes of Christ and the ears of Christ. Like one of the scriptures John was sharing recently. And that's that we don't regard people after the flesh anymore. So, you know, if there's something creepy about me you don't like, I'm sorry. And I assure you, Jesus deals with me in my prayer closet about it. You know, I mean, if it's my hair, there's nothing I can do about it. It's a hot mess, but this is what I've got, you know. Um, but, but you know, I, there's just things about me that, that, that might be like nails on a chalkboard, but there's things about you that could be like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, did you ever think about that? <laughs> So, um, so the next time you get ready to sow discord and the next time that you get ready to, you know, tell someone, you know, and this is, this is how, we, you know, Christians, Christians got, well, let's say, well, no, I won't, <laughs> I won't. Well, we just told a story that this person is a hot mess or this person's got problems or this, we don't have to say anything. We can just start to open our mouth. Well, no, I better not. And then we put that question in the other person's. It's just better to zip the lip. King David, why did he say, why did he pray this? Oh, Lord, put a watch over my mouth. That I don't transgress with my lips. Man, that should be our prayer. God doesn't like gossip. I'm just going to stay here for a second. It is a sore in the body of Christ. We are all valuable. Jesus paid the same price for each soul in here. And he still wants others to come in to be a part of this body. He wants to do something. And that is to unify us. To bring all things under his lordship. Under his one mind. To fulfill his one purpose. To receive that one reward that he's promised us. Eternal life. And so anyway. Alright let's, let's take a drink of water and. Try to swallow that. So <laughs> I think, like I said at the beginning, I believe that we're doing good. So don't feel beat up this morning, but realize we can do more, like it says in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 10. We can do more. Okay, let's move on here. Okay, one Lord, faith, baptism, God, and Father. That is a lot, but we do. We have one Lord. There's one faith, okay? That's the gospel, belief in the gospel of Jesus. Baptism, that's one baptism, okay? We're buried with Christ in baptism. If you've not been baptized, you have to be baptized. Do you not know that Jesus commanded that? Don't go with the excuses of, well, the thief on the cross, he wouldn't baptize. Okay, that's one person in Scripture who is nailed and fixed and cannot get down to get to the river. If that's what you want, hey, we can put you up there. <laughs> we can do it. But if that's not how you're going to approach this, go get baptized. Is that not the first act of obedience? Immediately they were baptized. They're, you know, like the, even the guy Philip's preaching to the eunuch, and he's like, you know, here's some water. He's even saying to Philip, you know, Here's some water. What's preventing me from getting baptized? Nothing. Get down in there. You believe in Jesus. You believe he rose from the dead. 
get water baptized. It's going to circumcise your heart. You're going to be in covenant with Jesus, and you're going to be a clean vessel. You're going to have the good conscience. It says that we're not saved by water baptism. It says it's the conscience. You will not have a good conscience if you're not baptized. That will always be in the back of your mind. Satan is going to use that. You want to be clean. You want to have a good conscience, confidence before God, be a hollow, empty vessel for him to fill with his Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, if you're not baptized, go ahead and do that. Um, And just so you know, I was baptized as a baby, and I didn't even understand the importance of water baptism until I learned about the covenant that it is. It says that they were all baptized unto Moses through the Red Sea. Okay? Baptism's always been around. It's not new. It just didn't show up with John the Baptist. And as we can read, you know, I won't, I won't do a whole lecture on this, but we can read that in Corinthians where he's talking about that. Chapter 10, this is a circumcision covenant. This is the circumcision of our heart. Okay? So we want to take care of that. Let God peel away that which is dead and be in covenant with him. So there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and check this out, one God and Father of all. One Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And that's the one we were worshiping this morning in case anyone wonders. Okay, so let's take a look at this next slide. We're going to continue on with where it's talking about God and the Father. So an interesting thing here is that... um, when Jesus taught us to pray, you know, get this, you know, he could have said anything. The disciples were like, okay, uh, teach us how to pray. And he could have said anything. He, you know, he was Jesus. They were listening. But he said, pray like this, our father, not my father, not your father, but our father. So two things are implied. We're a body. We're a unity. It's all the same, okay? And we'll talk about the other one in a second. So, our Father in heaven. Let's all say this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So you can read this uh, in other uh, Gospels, but right here in Luke 11 um, is where we were reading from. But he's saying to pray our Father. Notice in here how he keeps saying us. He's always praying us. Everything is us. Lead us not to temptation. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us us so that second thing that i'm saying not only is it showing that that we're unity and all that but that second thing that it's showing is when we're saying our and we're saying us is that we're praying for everybody we're not just praying for ourselves you know one of the things that impacted me when i became a new believer was some of the scriptures i would uh, read in colossians and ephesians and, and and you know where they're at philippians we all do this we'll take something where paul is praying and we'll personalize it and that had an effect on me. So, you know, like if he's praying, I pray that, um, you know, you would increase in love more and more, you know, toward one another, like I was saying earlier in Thessalonians. Well, I would, I would take that and personalize it. Lord, I pray that I would increase in love more and more. That's good to do that, to get that revelation that it's important to you. But you cannot do that to the exclusion of praying those prayers as they were written because then it becomes all about you, 
right? It's not all about us. Jesus is saying to pray this way, and you'll be praying to the same Father, and you'll be praying for the whole body of Christ around the world. What unity this will bring when we get this revelation that as I pray this way, it's not about me. So next time you go to pray and you don't know what to pray, and you know you can pray for the whole world in less than 15 seconds right there. Everything that Jesus said was important to pray. So let's, let's flip this slide here, and I just this is my little Cheryl quote. <laughs> if we all pray this way, we're all prayed for. No one's excluded. Everyone in the body will be prayed for. So as you're praying the Lord's Prayer, get that revelation that's outside of yourself. See outside of yourself. Okay, let's move on. I don't want to run out of time. Okay, so we've got one purpose. There are several scriptures about this, but the one... I chose right here 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 3, 3 and 4. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? And what, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. Think about that for a minute. We each have a task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants, check this out, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor so um whenever pastor jeff uh gets up here and preaches a fiery sermon and people come forth and they they give their heart to jesus and they're touched by the preaching of the word and you know then they go in there and pray and then they end up going to discovery and they join a life group there's one purpose going on that's for this soul to endure, right? To remain faithful unto death, like it talks about in, in Revelation. And that is that their faith would not fail, that they would be preserved blameless spirit, soul, and body until the day of Jesus. But notice you have the one here, maybe he sowed seed and then went back there and got prayed for and they're watering and then they go to life group and they're watering. But God is the one that makes it grow. And that's why we have our, you know, Psalm 115, 1. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to thy name be glory because of your mercy and your truth. So this is the one purpose that we have. So this helps us as a body to, to just know what is my purpose. Well, each will be recorded, or sorry, each will be rewarded according to their own labor. But look up there, I think it's the third line. It says, the Lord has assigned you know, to each his own task. So I can't do what Sean does. I can't do what Christina does. She does quite the juggling act. I'm impressed. I would be dropping things everywhere. <laughs> we all have different gifts and different ways God's going to use us, different tasks. But it's for one, what? One purpose. Okay, go ahead and flip that slide there. Okay, and just a couple more. He who plants and he who waters are one, that's what it says in one of the translations, they are one. There's that word unity, one. Okay, and then in the NLT, 
uh, one of the first scriptures we were looking at, or it's talking about clicks and everything else, uh, if you read that in the Amplified, right here, it's, it, it's encouraging them, be united in thought and purpose. If we were united in thought and in purpose, if we were united in purpose, think about that. There'd be a lot less gossip. There'd be a lot less division. There'd be a lot less clicks and things. And we don't want to think that there's clicks, but I'm telling you, if you come into church and you just blow past that same person every week because you don't want to get in conversation with them, and then you just go to your little group of people, you might be in a click. Could be. Could be, you know. Uh, and we have to examine our heart. I'm not accusing. I believe that God is blessing us because we're, you know, like Paul said, you know, you're doing good. We're just going to do more, right? Okay, let's keep flipping through these here. We got one body. Galatians 3, 28, 29. It says, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Okay. Um, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants and heirs. And that's why I was talking about that one reward that we get. We're all heirs according to the promise. So let's go ahead and, and just keep flipping through these. It says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, and we're going to talk about one spirit in a minute, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. And this is why I like when Caitlin mentioned the thing about it would be disgusting if we were dismembered. That was perfect. And she didn't even know what I was teaching on. All right, go ahead and flip that, please. Okay, and this, this is, you know, if they were all one part, where would the body be? And we'll just keep flipping through those. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Okay. Has Christ been divided? This is... What we're talking about, division, you know, clicks, you know, we don't want any of that. Has Christ been divided into different parts? So I just put like one part up here of a shopping cart. Let's take a look. Has Christ been divided into one part? That would be like, you know, me or whoever. Okay, let's take a look up here. Thank you guys. You're doing awesome on the slides <laughs> following me. So let's go ahead and flip to the next slide and take a look. Don't you hate when you get the shopping cart and one of those wheels has a mind of its own? It's divided. It's like I am not in unity. I'm in disunity and I stick out like a sore thumb. Well, what does it do? It makes your life miserable, right? And just imagine how many people you're making miserable right now at this very moment. If you are in disunity, you're living in division, you're walking in a click. This is you. This is me. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, we don't want to do that. Let's go ahead and flip to the next one here. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 12, 25, it says, So that there would be no division or discord in the body, that is, lack of adaption of the parts to each other. That's the shopping, hence the shopping cart, right? We don't want that lack of adaption of the parts to each other. It says, but that the parts may have the same concern for one another. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Instead of thinking of how I could kind of slyly slip into someone that I didn't like so-and-so, instead of me trying to figure all that out, wouldn't it be nice if I just had the same concern for them that I do for myself? I mean, that would be great. 
So uh, we want to get here. This is where God wants to get us, okay? I'm not saying I'm arrived, you guys follow. I'm saying we are a body, and we are moving in this direction, amen? Yes, we're moving in this direction. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, God does not want us to be in disorder like that old shopping cart, but in harmony and peace. Oh, it's so much more peaceful when all four wheels roll. Okay, um, and it's so much less noisy. Let's go ahead and flip up here. But you might be like, but what about me? Because when we focus on other people's needs, I'm sure you've all experienced this. That you hear of sacrificial giving. You hear of sacrificial love. It's a real thing. I used to just give whatever. I'm a giver. I love to give. But I realized at one point, if I give, I don't have anything left. <laughs> Sometimes I would get to where I have nothing left. I, I gave too much. I'm sure I'm not the only one that has done that. And then what happens? What about me? Okay, been there, done that. So you want to be led by the Spirit in the things that you do. I'm not saying go out there and go all crazy. But we do want to have that same care and that same concern and not focus on ourselves. But I have realized if God's leading me to do something, and, and it is a sacrificial thing, and it does cause me pain. King David said, you know, uh, in, in, in Psalm 15, he said, you know, who's going to send your holy hill? One of them, he that swears to his own hurt and doesn't change his mind. So if I tell you I'm going to do something, I've got to do it and not change my mind, even if it hurts before God. And you might get in a, a situation where you're carrying that out, and you're like, Lord, my life's miserable because of it. What about me? What about me? Well, this is your answer. Go ahead to the next slide. Cast your care upon the Lord. <laughs> I had to do that. Pastor John said no jokes. Sorry, I had to tuck one in there. Okay, so anyway, cast your care upon the Lord. This is 1 Peter 5, 7, but I love this. And, and this is what I have to do in those times. It says, casting all your cares. I hope you guys can read that. This is an Amplified. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties. I love that. Man, your cares, your anxieties. It says all your worries, all your concerns, all of them. And this is my favorite part about it. It says all of them once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So if he does put on your heart to give something away or to do something that's painful and you cast your care on him, know that he cares about you with deepest affection and he's watching over you carefully. You're not going to go without that trust is amazing. One of the things, you know, in the King James, you know, the way that it reads, casting all our care on him for he cares for you. Well, that word says he cares for you. That literally means, in Greek, it means it matters to him. That's why he wants you to share your burden with him because it matters to him. It, it matters to him. Okay, enough of that silliness. Let's go ahead to the next. Uh, okay, one spirit. And uh, we already read one about the Spirit, but right here, for by one Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, spiritually transformed, united together. We've been spiritually transformed, guys, united together. It has already happened. Whether Jews or Greeks, Gentiles, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one Holy Spirit since the, the same Holy Spirit fills each life. So it's already happened. It's, it's really just a recognition of me living out what's in my spirit man, it, what's in the inner man, okay? It's already there. We've just got to let them out. 
I was saying this to the praise team this morning. We want to let them out. Let them out. We don't want to walk after the flesh. Okay, we can go on to the next one. Okay, unity and anointing. Psalm 133. This is where the anointing comes from is when we're in unity. And this is why it's so important and why I feel like God wants us to focus. So let me just, you know, let me just say something real quick. I believe what the pastors are saying because I'm getting the same thing in my spirit. When they're telling you God is doing something, he's doing something different, and this is a ramp season and everything else, I'm telling you, God is up to something. And I believe that as we cooperate with his spirit and we come in unity like that shopping cart, we are a carrier of the glory and the presence and the message and the hope of the world through Jesus Christ to the world. We're the ones he chose. He chose men and women to share the gospel. We are carriers of that. And we carry his presence. So just like that shopping cart, we want those wheels in unity when we're taking that stuff around the world and to, to people. And this is how we get there. Look right here. So the unity and anointing. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil. This is what's so important. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there, get this, there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. We all want God's blessing. It comes through unity. It's the unity. It's the oil. And it's the oil, if we read about that in Isaiah, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It breaks the yoke of oppression. It breaks the yoke of darkness. It removes the burden from the shoulder is what it says. And that chain from around the neck. I'm telling you, I had that stuff spiritually in my life. And people in this world have that in their life. And if we are in unity, that anointing flows down from the head and down to all the, the fivefold ministry, down onto the people, down into the community as we go out to reach them. And then guess what? God commands a blessing. It actually says in one translation. But it says, for there the Lord bestows his blessing. As we're in unity, like that shopping cart, bringing this message to the world. You can go up on the next slide there. And then Jesus' final prayer. This is Jesus' final prayer. Okay, so he's getting ready to go to the cross. He could have prayed anything. Because he said one time in he prayer, I thank you, Father, that you've heard me and that you always hear me. He could have prayed anything, and this is what he's praying. John 17, 21 through 23. So if you love Jesus, say amen if you love Jesus. Amen. He prayed this for us, the church body, but we need to take this individually and then apply it as a body. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to what? Complete unity. Then, <laughs> then the world will know that you sent me 
and have loved them even as you have loved me. And don't get, don't get scared. Amen. <laughs> I thank Jesus for that prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, but don't get scared. I'm not going to get off on politics again. But I just want to say one thing. Think about this right here. He said, then the world, when we're in unity, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I'm only saying politics just because it comes to mind, cause, you know, right now. But, uh, you know, as far as just being in disunity and spouting out things and doing different things like that, and, and we're just, you know, when you do that, you're alienating half of your audience of people you could reach for Christ. And that would be the half that's not agreeing with whatever you're, you're spouting off or whatever. And you know what? All it does is make people hate you more and hate Christianity more. And I want you to know that people hate Christianity, period, because Jesus said they hated me. They're going to hate you. But we are seeing this manifest because of things like this. Jesus gave reasons. Go read Matthew 24 and a bunch of other things. You know, there's all through there. There's a lot of reasons that, that the world is going to hate us as Christians. Uh, one of them is going to be because we're in disunity, okay, uh, about these things. We're, 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 we're just dividing everything, chopping it up, hacking it to pieces. And that's the one thing, I'm just going to say it because it, it grieves me to my core. Um, we're to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We, we, we want to learn what the word says. We want to know how to like wield our sword and have the sword of the spirit. But when we take the sword of the spirit and we're misapplying it and we're hacking people together and twisting scriptures to make them fit our political agenda, I am so sorry. Something is wrong with your theology. Because right here is what Jesus is saying. The world's going to know that you sent me. And have loved them even as you have loved me when we're brought to complete unity. We're doing it backwards. We want to live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, right? That's what we're supposed to be praying for. Well, maybe when we're brought to complete unity, you know, there'll be less, less reasons for people to hate. And maybe then they will see. They'll see what we're talking about. Let's see what we're talking about. So let's go on. I think that we're about we're about done here. Okay, D this is awesome. <laughs> Had to tuck this in. Verse twenty. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Jesus prayed for you. He prayed for me. He prayed for us in twenty twenty three as we're experiencing this move of God. And I'm convinced as we straighten out this shopping cart and get all the wheels going, as we carry the gospel and the presence of Jesus out into the world, we can expect he's going to do a work with signs and wonders following. And we're going to see more salvation and more of the move of the Spirit. Okay? So a little less of us like, like, like John prayed. I must decrease. He must increase. And... and we just got to shave off our rough edges, guys. I just feel like that's all it is. We all just have rough edges. Let's shave them off to bring honor to God. Okay. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.